Hello, and welcome to the Modern Goat Rider podcast. I'd like to take this opportunity to emphasise the opinions expressed by our hosts and guests are strictly their own and do not represent the positions of any lodge, grand lodge or other branches of the independent order of oddfellows. Fascinating conversations will be open to the public for the purposes of inspiring our global membership and promoting the order. So sit back, open your ears and your heart in your hand while I introduce you to our hosts. Goat Rider Podcast. I'm Billy Sanderson. And I'm Tara Zajac. Hey Tara, how are you doing today? You know, it's a sunny day in Victoria and this time of year, you never know. You never know what you're going to get in the weather and when you have a day like today, which started out miserable, the dog did not go for a morning walk, uh, so it took until late in the day. But uh, yeah, she was very happy to get out. Did you get out in the sun? The healthy answer is yes. The reality is no. However, Uh, I'm sitting in a sunlit room and the microphone can't pick it up. There, there's a number of birds chirping happily in the background. So oh, someone is outside having fun. Somebody is. That's very nice. That's very nice. So we did a, a recording here this evening with our lovely friends, Eva and Fran from Bastion 4. And uh, we kind of, I'll give a, a little bit of a story about this. We really sprung this topic on them, uh, but uh, they were gracious. And and even though we start out a little cold, uh, it really heats up. And we have a lot of fun uh, later on in the uh, interview. But what was your takeaway? Like, what, what were you vibe or what uh, things were you picking up? I think, um, you know, both both of our guests have a depth of experience in Oddfellows and a depth of professional experience to really speak to the idea of friendship and fellowship so a lot of good stuff there and I felt um this is my first official interview uh so the fact that we're part of the same lodge was nice for me so I could contribute slash help uh interview but when folks listen uh a beautiful quotable quote that came through was that one um a person can be one note that blends into a larger piece of music. So listen for that. That was one of my favorite uh, threads in the conversation, though. Delightful threads. Yeah, it was. It was really cool. There's a lot. There's a lot of fun ones. Uh, the other one that I, I think is sort of hidden away for a bit was is really talking about the comparison between friendship and fellowship and how we... We lead with this FLT on the front door of friendship. And I think friendship on the FLT odd fellow in odd fellow fellowship is to kind of make us an, an 18th century, uh, 18th century and 19th century us feel that we aren't strangers and that we should recognize that 
We have to be open and forgiving and understanding of our fellow man, um, our community members. We have sympathy. We have all those things that we we share as friends or brothers and sisters and family members. And so we do talk a little bit more about fellowship more than friendship, because in the modern terms, uh, the, the way we interact with people is very different now, uh, especially virtually and so forth. But we, we touch on some of those things. Um, yeah, I, I really thought we, we had a lot of fun. It was great because it was, it was that fellowship conversation and it bled into friendship and the idea of making, you know, friends as adults coming from different environments thrust into this odd fellows world. So lots of really good stuff there. And I think I'm hoping folks will appreciate sort of the, the mental journey, because I think there's a, a piece that pretty much everyone can identify with um, at some point in this conversation. Yeah. Do, do you like, do, have you ever been asked if you make friends easily? Like do people, when they say, are you a people person, Tara, do you make friends easily? I roll, roll in pretty hot and friendly. So no, I've never been asked that because I think uh, I'm rarely a wallflower. <laughs> that being said, I do have my own, like I need quiet time and all that. So if anything, the most uh, it's misconstrued that I'm an extreme introvert because I do really enjoy, I spent two days basically not talking to anyone over this long weekend because I needed some quiet time, but uh, I'm comfortable with people for sure. Uh, you, have you been asked that question? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, and I think I make friends. Well, I'm very charming. So that's, that's the first thing. Obvious. <laughs> uh, no, I think I, I think I do. Okay. I, I'm an introvert too. I I'm, I'm a peaky omnivert type person. I, I pretty much need silence to work and I need silence to recharge. Um, but then there'll be me on Friday at three o'clock and the music's a lot louder than it is any other time of the week. And I, like, I have that window where you could just walk in and I'm, anybody could walk in my house and I'd be their friends. It's, it's pretty, I'm pretty excited to see people, but I don't know if that's just culture, or like the current, uh, not the current environment uh, or that I just have always worked very much alone and remotely for, for years. But uh yeah, I think I'm okay with making friends. I have very dear friends. And then I have, uh, I have friends at different levels and so forth. And we actually talk about that in the, in the interview. Yeah, no, I think, I think that portion of the interview is interesting too, because it's placed in reality capacity and not in judgment. And that's right. maybe the, the teaser I'll leave. Yeah. And, 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 and this is something that we didn't talk about. And I think that is, you know, really hitting the odd fellowship you know, principles really hard is that when someone is like an odd fellow member is digging and living principles on an everyday uh, level, they're very open. Like that, they, they understand the differences between people and that coming into this group as a new person we we're attuned that you're ready to be a friend or ready to open up and, and that's okay. But for the person coming in, th this was my experience first coming in was like, 
whoa, okay, hold back, everybody. You're just too lovable. And I'm not quite sure I'm ready for that. But I understood it. And once I got it, it was quite, uh, it's it's quite fun. And then we talk about that near the end of the interview. But um, yeah, it's Oddfellow friendship is different than your everyday or what you would think of your know, friendship is as a kid or as a teenager and so forth, because you're developing it as an adult, which is challenging. Mm -hmm. And I think my last piece, perhaps on this thread uh, that chance to mention in the interview is it took me personally, and maybe it's just me, a like a little while to get comfortable with the, the brother sister acknowledgement, because as much as I enjoy people, I'm like, well, I, I, that sort of familial uh, terminology is, uh, I hand out judiciously, you know, to a very small group of people. So it took me a little bit to just sort of, you know, drink the Kool-Aid on yeah. that. <laughs> and not felt, I'm like, all right, cool. We're just, but, but then it's, but once you lean in, it's fine. And it doesn't have to mean more than you want it to, but it is kind of this nice settling in of acceptance to the group. And, and again, if you need to move, if you need a shoulder to cry on, whatever, those folks are there from your immediate lodge or, you know, or, or, or your lodge, Billy, or whatever. So it is nice, but at least for me anyways, it took a few. So if, if you feel it out there in the world, you're not alone, but eventually it sucks you in. <laughs> well, okay, shall we get to it then, sister? We yes. should really get to it, right? You, so you, you call a brother. You got it. You got it. All right. Well, here we go. One, two, three. Enjoy the show. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'll let you uh, introduce yourselves. Perhaps we'll start with you, Francis. And if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself and what uh, your gig is. Okay. Um, my name is Francis Kinlock. Uh, uh, most people probably will know me as Fran. I go by she, her, and I'm coming to you from the beautiful territories of the Lekungwin people, looking out over onto the Coast Salish kind of Pacific mountains down here in Fairfield. I work uh, right now as a counselor and I have a small private practice as well as I make mental health um, tools and tangibles for Royal Roads University. And I am part in Victoria here of Bastion 4 Lodge. And I've been there and I actually was part of the Rebecca's Lodge prior to that. So um, yeah, that is me placed and positioned. Lovely. Eva? Thank you. So I'm Eva Van Krugel um, and I also go by she and her. I also share the gift of being on the, with, on the territory of the Lokwangan people in the Songhees Nation. Um, a true gift to live, play, and work here. Um, and I'm with Bastion 4, I think, in Victoria, BC. I think I've been with Bastion for four and a half years, um, which feels like a really long time. It's been a good time. Lots of great learnings and contributions as a community. Um, and I am a leadership and team coach and facilitator. I have my own practice called Fervor. Um, and... I love what I get to do before we got on here. Uh, I think Billy, when we were talking about second careers, it's my second career. And one day when you're ready to talk about that, <laughs> it's, it's the bee's knees, my friends. 
Excellent. Excellent. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to come and have a counseling or a coaching <laughs> session from, uh, from fervor, because that's what I need. I'll need a second career fervor. Am I using the term correctly or no? Fervor. And you can even, I've, I've, I've decided to start using it as a verb. Fervoring. Are you fervoring? Today? Are you fervoring today? Excellent. <laughs> well, it's the first day after a long weekend. My fervoring is, uh, is a little shallow. It's not very deep. Okay, we're going to get fervoring. Excellent. So we are going to get fervoring today, and we are going to be talking about friendship as uh, Tara and I have led in. So uh, they, uh, Eva and Francis have uh, given us an introduction, and clearly uh, they are, um, they're in an occupation that is not walk, driving around the country and doing uh, friendship sessions or seminars or things like that. We're using uh, them as our guests and our voice of experience. Uh, because of their other occupations and their interactions with people and what they might see, as well as um, having three members of Bastion will give us a, a kind of a well-rounded view of um, not digging into what they're doing, but just sort of a, a, an example of what uh, friendship can mean when people are joining into a lodge. And, um, and so I have a few things that I really want to talk about and kind of expose the listener to and so forth. But we're going to make this round table. So questions are going to be exchanged all around and we're going to touch on a couple topics. So why don't we start with something like a little bit of a softball here. So um, <laughs> everybody, did you join your lodge because you were looking for friendship? Tara. All right. Um, I've lived in the city for a while. I've, uh, worked a few different jobs and I would say I'm fortunate enough to have a wide circle of friends. And so my impetus for joining <clears throat> before wasn't necessarily to supplement, um, perhaps a lack of friendship, but more to do community service and a positive atmosphere. And if it <clears throat> was there and stayed there within the lodge, that was great. And if it um, bled out of that, then that was a bonus. I would say the nice thing about uh, friendship is it's there's no end reach to it. So, uh, you know, you can never have enough. So I was, in my personal experience, um, more than thrilled to come across uh, some pretty incredible individuals in my lodge and then within the, the hall itself. And the nice ebb and flow that is made to be comfortable, I guess, that you don't need to be there all the time. When you're there, great. If you can't, you probably have something going on. And, and if you don't see them for a while, we'll check in. So there's no, it's it's a, a delightful friendship without pressure. Uh, and that's one of the things I enjoy the most about it. That's cool. Eva? Yeah, I, I joined uh, Bastion after having lived away for several years. And so I had just moved back to Victoria, which is my hometown. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to go back into when I was born and that whole trajectory. But um I joined because I had been away for so long, for a couple of decades, and I there was two reasons. One, I'm very driven, very heart-driven, very heart-centered, and um, very inspired by and motivated to contribute to community. So, however, I, I knew that there was some sort of positive force in this group. And the second thing was to develop community in a place that I'd been away from for so long um, without any attachment to outcome, open heart, open mind. Um, and first impressions have just certainly been one of the friendliest 
uh, group of people, almost strangely friendly, um, which was which was lovely after coming back. How about you? Not friend? a cult. Not, it's a not a cult. cult. Not a cult. <laughs> We're just strangely friendly. Yep. Strangely friendly. Yeah, it's not a cult. Um, so I joined the Rebecca's because my husband, John Goody, a member of C2, had joined uh, a couple of years before, and I heard that they were trying to um, kind of breathe new life into a lodge just as uh, had happened at Columbia 2. And uh, the Rebecca's uh, had a couple of uh, member, younger members. There was uh, lots of lovely ladies who had taken part and uh, been part of the Rebecca's for 80 years and or so or thereabouts. So we, um, we were there, there was a bunch of young women and we were there and um, yeah, it was, it was an interesting kind of uh, blend of traditional and new ideas of what was kind of what women wanted to do with their time. And it wasn't quite as fitting as everybody hoped. So um, it was offered to, uh, to a, the younger group of women to, to start their own Oddfellows Lodge. And by that point, um, a lot of firm friendships had formed in this group, dozen of us. And so we all wanted to grow that and make more friends and, and invite more people into this sisterhood. So that's so, uh, yeah, that was six and a half years ago now. Um, so I didn't, I knew that I was joining because of the community focus and some volunteering. I was, I had young children at the time, so I didn't have a lot of time. So there was that blend that I kind of wanted to get out of the house, <laughs> have friends, have, and then have a, a sense of purpose. So it was quite blended for me from the start. Yeah. And you uh, mentioned the, the friends that were developing within that original group. Were they, I'll dig into that a bit here with were they coming in as friends or were they developing because they were on the younger side and then the, the established group was on the older side? Yeah, the, this, I would say the dozen that's, that were Rebecca's but then became Oddfellows, Bastions, um, there was six of them that probably knew each other and had taken part in Lodge life for quite a few years. Um, uh, doing, helping and assisting lots of Columbia stuff. And then there were six of us that were kind of in that final year uh, before, before the formation of Bastion that were all new. And so we, we kind of either were invited in through spouses or through whatever connection through that new six. So there was kind of a half and half. Half had been established there. And then those of us were kind of, what is this? This is, yeah, it was all new to us at that point. And then, you know, I don't, it's quite delicate. And it, and it, uh, it yeah, without with being sensitive to um, how lovely the Rebecca's were and how sensitive it was for it not to be a fit. Um, I think part of our friendships were forged in that, sense of purpose that it wasn't working and then that we could go in this and build something together that our friendship really um kind of uh 
yeah, we all had the same idea. And so we became, it was very bonding for all of us to maintain our friendships and to be building and creating and all, you know, we were one big committee for a couple of years. Yeah. I guess the pre pre conversation ideas I have about friendship is that friendship that grows or develops really needs that common experience or something that makes you look each other in the eye and have a conversation about something that is passionate or deep in, in your feelings. It's not just talking about the weather. And so you can have possible conflicts that people center around or successes or, or things that happen in a lodge. And I, and this might be where we get into the lodge conversation is that the idea of a lodge being an active lodge with events or with a, uh, uh, development or education or whatever your odd fellows lodge is like anywhere in the world um, it can create experiences for members to share whether you're making soup together stacking chairs or you are you know getting the roof fixed and taking care of that committee on the finance side so when it comes to building friends in a more general sense do you find that people have trouble creating those experiences for themselves um, to create or to at least chip away at making friends? Can I just throw, and I'll, I'll love this to you, uh, two guests, but I'll just say because I'm the more recent member than each of you, this might be a great opportunity to talk about the Spaghetti Social and some of those initiate events because that is I feel like a very successful uh, trial by fire that one goes through as a new member. And I really have to give kudos to the, the um, idea generators of that. So I will, I will lead you into an example and you can, you can maybe talk about how that came about because I found that quite beneficial uh, with our little initial oh, group. I love hearing that. That's so great. That's really cool. Um, well, the membership committee um, decided uh, that they needed one event to let people in and have an open meeting. And uh, I think Columbia too, we, we look to them quite often to show us the way and they throughout the year had socials and open nights. Um, but we thought that we would do it just like church supper, you know, just very, very plain, no bells and whistles, um, and, and so the first one was very much just like a recruitment drive for the membership committee, um, come in, see a meeting. And then in subsequent years, it just flowed really well to have it. Uh, well, it was where it was in the calendar, but it actually just connected really well with kind of like, I, I almost think it's like an awards night now because we have checks and we show everybody what's been going on in the fall and it's a really nice highlight and showcase of certain things that have taken place so we have like the charities come and speak and and show gratitude and those pieces too and it just grew and grew the the second the first time we did it we didn't know how many people were going to show up and then we didn't have enough spaghetti and it was really like it was beautiful because the brothers came and everybody could kind of just take part and we saw how wonderful it was and I think Victoria One and Rebecca's are totally awesome at that kind of event that social night just come just potluck just 
you know, um, whereas C2 and we often have something kind of attached to it or like a charity piece attached to it, but that's what that was supposed to be. Just like a very relaxed, um, welcome house, open house sort of thing. I, you know, I can add, I, I think, I think there is something to be said for, um, there's a lot of very diverse people that the lodges attract and do people come in necessarily knowing anybody or coming you know, or knowing anybody really, really well. And then some people are really extroverted. Some people are more introverted. And I think we're kind of drivers of our, in some respects, I think we're drivers of our own friendship buses and the friendships and the degree to friendships that we want to manifest. Mm -hmm. I also think there's opportunity for lodges to create a place of welcome. And I think there's various ways that we can each be doing that. And, and I think it's also getting involved. There's so many different ways to get involved, whether it's not, whether it's using your amazing ideas and your voice on committees through to washing the dishes, being in the dish pit. Who knew that I would have these uproarious, hilarious conversations or heart connections with people from other lodges that I had no idea about. So I think it transcends you know, gender identity, I think that it transcends age, you know, do we have common experiences? Are we at the same life stage? And do we are married with kids? No, I think there's, there's amazing connection with all sorts of people that starts to happen. And I, I do think that it happens through um, shared experience that you choose. So I think you kind of have to step into choosing um and and make it happen that's what i've it's almost a little bit entrepreneurial in terms of creating friendships go ahead i was going to say there's a risk right there's that risk of opening yourself up or um you know we're talking about how great friendships can be but there's the case where you just feel like you can't make any friends because you don't you know they're all too young or they all have kids and i don't have kids or whatever you have you you pick at the you pick at the differences and not the commonality, right? We, we still, we, we, we all showed up there for an event because we felt that the event had value, right? And so that's the first step. Once you're there, now it's, as Eva says, I agree with Eva, I think you have to, you have to give it a go. You have to, you have to lay it out, you know, like you're going to the bank and showing the bank your business plan, you're being an entrepreneur. It's a great comment, a great way to think about it. I think also to your comment, Billy, there's, there's something about non, non being non-judgmental, you know, it, it, it's very easy to make stuff up um, about what we see and observe. And I think everyone has a story. And if we lead in with empathy and curiosity, we might be surprised at what happens through the connections that we manifest. And I'll just maybe chime in on that with, uh, I agree hundred percent. And I remember um, a little anecdote is that we were doing uh, hot chocolate at our place. And it was a funny day because uh, one of the folks who was volunteering couldn't make it. I was the one organizing. I don't know what was going on, but I knew that, you know, you guys are coming and there is, that nice reinforcement of, you know, the lodge, the sisterhood, whatever, that we'll sort it out together. So even if myself and XYZ volunteer hadn't really hung out a whole bunch, there's, I don't know, there's a, a nice um, familiar core foundation that we're all there to get it done. And even though there's uncertainty, it was going to be fine. 
And then that particular day, uh, I got there at a time, and then the next person got there at a time, and there was maybe half an hour before the next person arrived. And the individual that was sitting with, there with me, uh, I didn't know very well. Well, we got to chatting, lived in Africa, had all these adventures, learned these crazy things about this individual that was so neat that perhaps in the context of like a, one of the larger parties or events that might not have happened, but, you know, we had time. So we sat down, sipped our coffee and waited till everybody else got there. And it was just the nicest thing. And, and that we might not have done that otherwise. And similarly, later on that day, Eva, you and I had a great conversation where like, you know, you just have, you're washing dishes and it's very, I don't want to make um, gender generalizations, but you know, you're out in the work, in the work pile and uh, people get vulnerable and it's lovely. And it, it, you know, again, in the context of maybe some other types of events that doesn't always happen. So I think it's that willingness to try new things, put yourself out there, but it's supported. So it's entrepreneurial, but you have a backer. Like you always have a backer in Oddfellows. And that's where I think is one of the nicest parts. I love that. So we have the entrepreneur and, and the set of backers, the, the angels out there that are investing and whatnot, putting the, putting the activities together. Yeah. And I think we spoke about this a, a couple of weeks ago, but I think when people come to the lodge, they should expect fellowship, a big F for fellowship. And then within these beautiful activities that are there, the likelihood is like, like your beautiful example, there'll be one person that you get friendly with on the day when you're there and you're ladling soup or you're, you're, um, you're putting up decorations or you're, oh, the myriad of things, the sporting events, all those things. There'll be one person that you have this moment in time that you get to spend an hour with and have a little bit of connection and develop some interest, figure out, oh, you're my, that's my kind of humor or, you know, those things are shared. So the fellowship is this little blanket, like just show up, just show up. Um, kind of like, online dating or putting yourself out there and all these other ways. Like if you're not in it, you're probably not going to meet anybody. Right. So, so the lodge gives you that in spades. It's just so many opportunities to, and I think in Victoria, we're kind of a cliquey city here. And I think it's uh, the lodge I've always found to be this really open. And like you said, Eva, diverse set of people, there's going to, the, there is someone there for you to make friends with the fellowship will give you that. That should be the real F, I think, of FLT. <laughs> um, and friendship is highly likely. You know, it's a very nice group of people, all three lodges or four lodges. Yeah. I think as the lodges grow in numbers, there's there there may be opportunity to become more intentional about how we come together. And you know, I see, for example, you know, I hear some amazing things that C2 is doing. Um, in, in the brotherhood there, uh, a bit of a buddy system there. And I know um, we've got the buddy system to onboard new members in Bastion 4, which has been, which has been lovely. Um, and I think there's even more opportunity to get intentional about the onboarding experience of new members. Um, we do sometimes hear that it seems like everybody knows everybody here and, you know, we're new. And, you know, that's a little bit of a cue for each of us to tune in and we're with our friends and these people that we've grown to connect with over the years to take a, to, to just, I don't know, I'm imagining in a horse carriage, the horse blinders just 
peel the blinder back and kind of look around and see who's in the space and, and be aware of the collective. Um, and even if we just, for example, I could do this too. Um, there's an event when we get to be in person again and to just go, I'm going to speak to one person and I've not talked to you yet tonight. I'm going to make sure and talk to that new member or at least two new members. I think there's certain things we can do as we scale and get larger. Yeah, I love that. It is getting harder. I have to say, I think being somebody that was there at the start and it was easy, it's easy to make sure that you do your round of 12 people or, or um, you can add the guys in. And it was, it was, it was kind of a smaller group to get to know. Um, I really love sitting on the membership committee. I probably have to give up my spot. It's been five years, but I have loved that because you get to hear everybody's intro story. And so um, often I've, I've felt like, yeah, great. I, I know them, but I, I now realize like so many more connection points need to be made for people who don't have that nice little entry intro um, interview slot. Um, uh, the name tags, who mentioned it in the last minutes or whatever, those have to come back out for sure as we grow there, especially with long lost faces. Are we all going to recognize each other? I think I've gone gray and um, 20 pounds heavier. So are we even going to know each other when we're back in the lodge again? We're all going to look a little different, a little worn after the pandemic. So uh, yeah, I love that. I think, I think more time to build more deeper friendships um, is definitely in order. Yeah, I have to do some research. I haven't looked out there. What's going on in other lodges? That'd be really neat to see how, how they all, what bonding exercises they do besides their usual community service. Yeah, I, I haven't heard much about it and I'm really curious. So here's the plug, send an email info at moderngorider.com. But just to give some perspective for people that, so Bastion has uh, just just celebrated its uh, sixth year as uh, an Odd Fellows Lodge. And how many members are there right now? Anybody want to take a guess, ballpark it? I think it's at yeah, 45, 47, somewhere in there. 40, 45, 47. Okay. And, and Columbia has 86. I think we ended, uh, we started 2021 with 86. And um, obviously Zoom is, you know, we don't have 86 on a phone call and you don't have 45 on a phone call. You have a, you have a small group and those people, when they come back to the lodge are going to have a need for personal connection and so forth again, that we assume everybody has so there's something that kind of i don't want to i don't want to bring out bad experience with a certain age and a certain era in our life so when i say high school it's not all terrible everybody so it's not just it's not just you it's not just me it's all of us but i want to talk about high school from a institutional standpoint which i think has similarities to that group or that new person coming in and really feeling like the new kid that just moved into town and joining the class of grade eights or grade nines or whatever your system is that you come in and you're looking at this established group and you're totally right. Victoria is clicky. Everybody in Victoria knows everybody in Victoria. It's called two degrees of separation in Victoria. It's not six degrees through Kevin Bacon. It is two degrees and somebody knows you. So it can be that 
that whole group sitting over there on the sofas has been connected for quite some time. Like, who wants to explain Bastion Buddies? Because I don't think we've ever talked about it on the podcast. Okay. It just started as a, a membership. Uh, like, how are we going to, how are we going to connect older members with the newer members and have kind of like a mother duck, you know, sort of follow someone through the lodge. Um, it, it wasn't too thought out or planned or revisited and, in, in, you know, it's time to, to review it for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, we just joined people. We tended, we have mostly tended to take on about um, 10 to 12 new members a year because you can't grow too big when you're only 12. So, so we didn't, uh, I think, yeah, we went like eight, eight, 10, maybe 12 in terms of our growth. Um, and then we have a couple of associate members. Uh, so yeah, so it was, it was, I don't even think there's a blurb written about it. It's just um, everybody gets asked and you, you put your hand up if you want to be a buddy for the year. And then um, I'll admit something. It's not random. I put everybody together. I look at their interview sheets and I think of who would be a good match for them in the lodge. And then when I see the pool of volunteers, I try in some way to play Cupid. <laughs> people can tell me how well I've done. <laughs> and I put people together sometimes based on um, like th things that I've used, like I think I put Jean with somebody because they both had kids the same age. Um, I put two people together because um, they're real water babies and they love like those kinds of activities. I've kind of, you know, because I get to interview in, on the, in, the membership interview, you hear a bit about the people. Um, I put people <laughs> together that maybe were a little wilder with maybe someone a little more formal. Um, see if that was like, like a balance yes. of energy. I've done so a friends and puppet master is what you're saying. Yeah, yes, but, totally you know, master. I hope everyone's enjoyed their buddies. And, um, I certainly have, I've, uh, but I, I, I always feel bad. I'm, I'm not the best buddy. I have to say, especially in the first few years because of having small kids, I, I couldn't go out and do fun stuff. Like a lot of people at night or whatnot. So I always feel like the tired old mother that, Oh, you got me. <laughs> you lost, you lost the lottery here. Cause I'm the probably one of the less social people at the lodge. Um, but yeah, that's all it is really. It's just a, it's just a pair up so that you have, so that you don't, everybody has a sponsor. So they know one person at the lodge, but we kind of wanted them to have a sponsor plus a new person so that the, the buddy is, you won't know the buddy for sure. I've done that for sure to, uh, yeah. Whether or not people check in or really use their buddy, it's, I mean, I, I have written to the new members to say like, um, call your buddy. If you wanna to go to an event, you don't know anybody, like use, use your buddy as if they were somebody to like be your wingman or your, your, um, your info, you know. Yeah, that's assuming that everybody knows everything about the lodge and none of us do, so. <laughs> 
can they ask, answer all of your FAQs? Possibly not, but they will be, yeah, they will be looking after you or looking out for you during the year. I but, remember Fran, my first buddy. So, mm -hmm. and I, and I had a feeling there was some sort of thought process in it. And I, a shout out to Liz Vickery who made an amazing buddy and especially having moved back and it, noticing that as you know, at this stage in life that Victoria is this beautiful spot and it is extremely clicky. It takes a long time to break in and um, earn the right to have place here. I mean, it is unbelievable. And, you know, there's a gift and opportunity in it too. And I, I'll never forget Liz Vickery was so generous of heart and spirit and thought in making sure that, you know, that I was okay um, that my spouse, Jack, who's in C2 was with, he was okay. I mean, she literally, I'm almost hesitant to say this because I don't think that this is, this is something that she, any of us would do with just anybody. And we, we did feel a nice connection. I mean, this person, Liz opened up her LinkedIn contacts and she's like, you pick who you think you need to know. And I will make sure you get to know them. I will, I will absolutely introduce you. I will absolutely advocate for you who does that? So that's an example of an, and it wasn't about frequency. She just was super tuned in. It was well-matched. Thanks Cupid. Um, but that really set the course and the foundation for, for my experience and way to set the bar high so that when I was a buddy and I was, I was paired up with my total opposite. Thanks Cupid. Um, which was a gift, right? I mean, it was, it was great. Here I show up in a suit jacket with like a, wild like Cirque du Soleil-esque dancer how cool is that the two of us were you know fodder for some probably some interesting conversation just to look at it was great okay so on the topic go ahead uh, okay thanks on the topic of kind of taking that risk is that something Eva and Fran that you find that you're talking to people about in a social uh, sorry, a, a, a career outside the lodge sort of environment. Like it's not just the lodge. It's it's kind of a common problem for people at a age beyond high school or even the sandbox, learning to meet the person who's sitting next to them and getting to know them and so forth, um, either on a job or um, whether they have that opportunity. Is this something that you coach or you talk to people about? Uh, for sure. I talk to people, isolated people, unhappy people, people with goals to meet people uh, quite frequently. Um, yeah, through Royal Roads, obviously, there's a lot of international students and people from out of town. Um, and it's um, kind of a more, more mature student demographic. So lots of people uh, looking to make friends or feeling very sad um, that they don't uh, have a group of friends or they've lost friends. Um, that's quite a big topic for students, um, especially this year, holy cats. Um, that foundational piece of having a support network um, for your resiliency, if you don't have it going into a pandemic, man, it's, it's impossible to make it um, when everybody's isolated and in bubbles. So that's been really hard to suggest what to do as well. Um, yeah, so if people don't know that one of the foundations for resilience is um, a 
kind of a deep and meaningful support network of people that you can call when you're not doing very well um, uh, in good times and bad, I guess. And um, yeah, I think that I think a lot of people are probably out there maybe listening to this uh, and, and knowing that uh, they probably are going to be looking at joining places like the lodge in order to, um, yeah, make more friends, develop more community for these hard times that um, people didn't see coming. Uh, yeah, we need, I think we need more than one or two. We, I tend to, you know, it's very simple. We just make simple goals. Uh, people make their own goal in counseling. So you make a simple goal of like things that you might try in order to make more friends. <laughs> I can't say, oh, you should join the, <laughs> I, you can't do, you can't have dual relationships. So I can't um, give them all my great suggestions, um, which would be uh, join, join a fraternal organization or join. Simple. Yeah. Plug and play. It's totally plug and play. Just walk in. I love them to think. Friendship yeah. club. Friendship club. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Eva? Do people make those goals with you? Yeah. I well, and well, some of the common things that I'm noticing, and and some dust is settling, you know, over a year later into the pandemic, but definitely. I, I much of much of what I do is virtual anyway so I'm I'm accustomed to it and I have to remind myself of what it was like to work virtually some years ago and leading a team virtually and I remember feeling exactly as people as many leaders and teams are feeling all this time later through the pandemic um, where there's a level of isolation there are a lot of limiting beliefs on how to engage a team um, a lot of fear and intrepidation associated with asking for help or expressing a positive need. Um, and a lot of question questions and, and perceived barriers associated with just how to engage people. So, you know, for example, as a CEO gets her first CEO job and bless her soul, she's nail biting because she's never led a geographically dispersed team that's virtual. How the heck am I going to get to know them all. How the heck am I going to ensure that we have these qualities into, into, to lead this work into the future and this organization to the future? How do I help them have a healthy culture, a resilient culture? So um, yeah, it's definitely working with them on challenging those limiting beliefs because there are a ton of creative ways to harvest engagement virtually. Is it the same to create connection that way? I mean, we, it's, it's not exactly the same as being in person. It's not. Are there some really beautiful substitutes? Sure. Um, so there's, there's been a fair bit of that. Um, and yes, similar, you know, in coaching, there's a, there's a goal or an intended focus in a session or over a period of time. And, and there is a huge theme around people trying to lead teams and create healthy connection. I'd say that's one of the most prominent themes in recent months. So They've got that vision for what they want to manifest, and the job is to help get them there. Um, I'm just going to throw out a curiosity to the panel. And Eva, everything you're saying makes so much sense. Like, I'm newish at, at a job a couple years in, and it's so strange just talking to people, and then their camera isn't right. I'm like, I'm only seeing your chin. Like, can we, you know, you're, you're trying to sort out some of these interpersonal things over a screen. But, um, you know, all of us are in a similar age group having this discussion about friendship. And 
a lodge member friend of ours who is you know a little bit younger and she does a lot of online gaming and whatnot and she has these very good friends that are in this you know carolina elsewhere that they basically know each other strictly from connecting online so i think that my comfortable frame of reference for making i won't make assumptions about you guys uh is is one thing but there is certainly a demographic where it's different and i don't know how that does or does not impact from a lodge perspective but i think in the real world perspective we're seeing these very different iterations of friendship creation that i think is kind of refreshing because it's allowing people to do the church dinner from a distance or whatever or just enjoy playing i don't know Fortnite. what do kids play these days doing that together and then but really bonding with like sean from ireland another super good friend and they're able to create connections that way so I don't know if between Fran and Eva or you know Billy, if you have any thoughts on that, but that's something I've observed and and it's not my world, but I appreciate that world's out there. Yeah. We we have one member that moved and now has come back and lives in Toronto and uh is with us now virtually. And she there was no lodge for her to join uh out there. And so she's participating in ways that she can and and yeah, if lodges are shutting down around the world, maybe there is this virtual community that will develop in these kind of curious and new ways for us. Um, I, yeah, I, this year, like, I think you can really connect with somebody. Uh, this year, we've all learned how deeply you can connect with people through a screen. Uh, so for sh the world is our our oyster and we're going to have to develop <laughs> uh, if we want to grow and stay relevant and and uh, adopt and, and bring on beautiful young younger generations and um, then we're going to have to figure out certain new ways of uh, yeah building community using technology one thing that I was I, I, I wanted to say it a couple I can't remember I think it was Bill was speaking and Eva was speaking but one of the things that actually I think is really assisted um, is our Facebook group and if people out there haven't made one for their lodge that would be a really excellent tool in order to develop the different like to develop ways and means for people to connect it's not just the we have a private facebook group and we have our public facebook group so our private facebook group um is a place where you can put your your needs out there and be vulnerable and take a risk and say hey i'd love to go for a walk this week does anybody want to go and lots of people put their hands up so so you have this opportunity to see each other outside of business meetings and um, I'm struck by so many different interests that come through the Facebook page, so many different needs. Like um, I, I need someone to help me with my, my resume. My, I have a job interview coming up. So people kind of um, stand up and support you. And what better, you know, you, you'll love the person forever that helps you get, get a job, right? So um, the Facebook group is that voice that kind of broadcast um, for 
the lodge now in a way that I don't think other lodges were able to do in decades past. And I think our some of our strength is really found there. Do I want to be on Facebook all the time? Not at all, but I still on Facebook because of these um, these connecting points that I do want to hear how everybody's doing or if there's a need I can fill. That Facebook group is pretty key. Yeah, I think it's in, in, I think it's um, indicative of opportunity to create inclusive spaces and diverse spaces for people to engage depending on where they're at. And I think we do need to adapt into the future to continue to be inclusive and not be, for example, ageist. Um, who's to say that we, for example, in Bastion, who's to say that we might not, maybe we'll have a, an 85-year-old sister who wants to join. Bring it on. I would love to meet you. So, um, you know, how do we meet each other where we're at and get creative about creating connection that, you know, when we're in person and when we're virtual? I think of mechanisms that I've seen work beautifully in my working life, um, like, you know, maybe there's an organization, for example, that has a set of guiding principles, a little bit like FLT. And then maybe at the beginning, they've got these guiding principles. There's some story sharing for anybody that wants to share. They have a couple of minutes. Um, and maybe somebody's saying, uh, I want to thank so-and-so and offer some recognition because they lived in alignment with the love in truth. And it was such a beautiful demonstration of living in that alignment. And I just want to pay homage to that person and their contribution. Um, so I think there's little things like that through to... Uh, when we ask questions, um, we've been doing for in Bastion, we just started doing our noble grand Debbie Small has started doing these little check-ins at the beginning. And, and that's been really fun, these little breakouts. And instead of us asking, how are you doing? Um, the great Canadian question, um, you know, what might be the opportunity to find out about, you know, bring a little pod, three, four people, we get to hang out for six, seven minutes and ask a really unusual human inquiry of one another and get to know each other in a different way. So I think it's a time of creativity to harvest connection. Um, and I think a really healthy opportunity for us into the future, for all of us of Oddfellows. Yeah, so Tara, I've, uh, so I have two sort of ways on this because I've been, I've been part of or led virtual teams for 20 years now. Um, with my work. And I still find that, so in a professional goal-driven environment, you get the best reaction from those people that you have the best connection with. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's 12 hours time difference from when I send that email till somebody reads it in, in India, for example. And if you have that connection that they will the people I've worked with who I've had the connection have proven to answer those questions in my emails very promptly. And the people I have no idea who they are and they don't know who I am, but will take a lot longer. So I think the, the, the limited friendship that I can make with somebody virtually is valuable, <clears throat> but that in the meet, like, that's why I would go to India uh, every year or I'd go to China or somewhere was to meet the people and to have a workshop and do just what Eva said, go out and break bread and have lunch and so forth. Um, so there's things like that, that I think are going to enhance anybody's friendship experience, even those that are developed online. And so as the old guy, 
I'm going to say, you know, the grumpy old man from the back of the lodge hall saying you can't do that. But I think, I think we have to understand that we will need to do it. And we need to accept that my kid as a 20 something can meet a friend on Instagram and go hang out and they still want to hang out. Like if they have that opportunity to meet, they still want to that friendship that's virtual gaming is only going to get so far because they're still humans and the humans still need the, the certain level of contact and, um, and a different kind of exchange. Now I'm not a gamer, so I don't know if there's time while you're blasting each other apart to talk about your mom and your dad or your kid or your dog or your pets or whatever, but you know, you are sharing the communal thing of blowing up, you know, Troy from the, the Tacoma, you know, we're, we're taking care of that, but um, yeah, I, I think you still have to have people contact. We still have to have something. And so maybe, maybe this now leads everybody to the next thing, which is today they just announced in BC, what are the opening, uh, the restart, restarting. So they've given us a target date, which is fantastic. This is totally not Bonnie Henry's gig to actually give dates that are beyond uh, 24 days. Um, but they're saying everything's going to be normal by Labor Day. Right when we come back to lodge again. Well, everyone thinks it'll be normal, but it'll be face mask covered and it'll be as normal as it gets. But what do you folks think about that reconnect point? when we do get back to what are your, what are your, uh, I guess your predictions or your suspicions about what it might be like for people uh, leaving virtual lodge and coming back to in-face lodge? I think it'll be a resurgence of the roaring twenties. Um, I don't, I, you know, either that or the dirty thirties, or it might turn into the dirty thirties. It's hard to know, but you know, what is normal? And I, I think we will, uh, I don't think we know what's, what's really to come. I think we're, I will pers I will speak for myself. I, I have some hesitance around everything's going to be just fine. We're going to go back to the way that it was a year and a half ago. I think there's ways in which um, our humanity and how, how we operate, um, what matters, getting closer to our values. There's lots of things that have been harvested over this past year that I think will forever change us. And so, and I think that there's also going to be at like almost a political divide on, on people who are, who are still wanting to wear masks and really want you to wear masks. And do you have the little card? Did you get your, your two shots? And, oh, you didn't. Oh, and so I, I, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit concerned about what's to come in terms of how we honor each other's different views. And of course, I'm a little concerned that there's going to be a, another another wave because we do get cozy and comfortable and we do yearn to be together. We yearn for a sense of belonging and connection. It's a lifeline. It's primal. We're hardwired for it. So in one sense, I completely get this yearning need to hug everybody so tight that our faces turn purple. You know, I want to do it too. But I, I feel um, I have a not a fear, just an awareness of the months ahead um, and wanting to offer non-judgment grace while also holding boundaries and still continuing to prioritize connection. What do you think, Ram? I think I agree 
And I'm seeing a lot of hesitancy from people, uh, some nerves, some what ifs, some, some cat catastrophizing from people. Um, the other thing to kind of make note of is that people have had two different COVIDs like the, or everything in between that there's some people that we haven't seen for a while and their life has really changed immeasurably because of COVID factors uh, and personal factors th through everything that's taken place. And there's some people that made it through COVID pandemic unscathed. And so you have you know, who are you going back to the lodge to meet? Let's try to be sensitive to our friends that we haven't seen in a while and take kind of gentle first steps, getting to know like that your life, it might be, or their life might be completely different than when you last left them. And the other unfortunate stat that I, I won't be a Debbie Downer, although this uh, is that, um, uh, you know, after depressions and, and pandemics and things, you see uh, like uh, suicide rates go up in uh, two and three and four, uh, five years after this um, happens. So um, all the universities in BC have been gifted with uh, 60000 $70,000 each to um, deal with that it, uh, with um, mental health, extra mental health support and whatnot. So I have a feeling um, just we're going to see this like peak of excitement and connection and getting back into it. But then people's lives and temperaments and adjustments have changed in some for some people quite drastically. Um, so the need for friendship, the need for checking in, the need for um, compassion and those pieces are going to be really big and buddies, you know, buddies might be doing extra time in the next couple of years to just make sure that everybody is like back on solid ground again. Um, I know we've seen a lot, you know, just again through through technology, we know some of our brothers and sisters have lost jobs and those pieces. So I think friendship will take on like a different sort of uh, seriousness when we finally kind of come and tune in, hopefully not to too many members, um, but life, life will have changed for people. Um, yeah, and how do you, how do you get back to partying at the lunch? Um, probably uh, there's going to be some roaring 20s sort of events because I know we all like to have those and hold those and show up to those. Uh, but yeah, I think there, there's also going to be like this long lost, we haven't seen each other in a while and this kind of beautiful, like welcome back feeling, uh, a positive, happy, joyful kind of year or two ahead of us as well too. I think an emotional outpour and, and vulnerability we'll see um, in people that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. I mean, imagine, you know, I'm imagining uh, us all getting together when we can and in our pandemic outfits, you know, what we, you know, for, for me, it'll be business on the top and it's full on track pants that I may have may have worn for several days um, with just unforgivable slippers. And, you know, there's a part of me that I see, so I see the humor in it and, and all of that. But I, I actually think that there, in one sense, I wonder if we'll see a different kind of vulnerability that deepens connection 
I hope I hope we start to see that and that we can offer kindness to those who 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 do experience suffering that is long lasting. How do we create safe spaces to make sure that they're okay? Yeah, I think that's a good point because I think sometimes people think because of the pandemic everything stopped, mm. but life carried on. And then in some ways, speaking back to the theme, like I've become better friends with some lodge members just by virtue of you know being willing to reach out or available or whatever the case may be. But there's certainly folks who have had some challenges. I mean, seriously, we need to consider these things. Tritely, I'll say maybe we should develop a hand signal for like okay to hug or not okay to hug that you just see someone at the lodge <laughs> and you could be like, I'm I'm comfortable giving a hug or not. Mm-hmm. Because there's gonna be a lot of, you're right, Eva, mixed and friend, mixed um, reactions to being in proximity. And some people might be happy to see a face in real life, but still want six feet. And some people might be cool getting all in because they've been touching base this whole time and it's not that new. And uh, the Canadian question of, how's it going might be a lot more weighty for the first little bit and, and being sensitive to that. I think it's, it's, yeah. My thing is I, I feel like there's going to be, well, it's for me, but it, there's a feeling when I'm at the lodge before the meeting. Uh, so just imagine a good turnout, you know, at your lodge and you've got whatever your number that you feel is a good turnout is there. And, and I quite often just feel really wonderful when I'm standing in the lounge and I don't need to really be talking to people. I just see, uh, a, I see harmony and I see people, whoever they are talking to each other. And I see this person who, uh, or a couple of people that I really know a little bit deeper. And I, again, I don't need to speak to them. I find a lot of comfort in that. And, and if I really needed a hug, I knew who I could go and see. Now, I can go see Brother Bronco. I can go see Shad. I can see these people who are just going to be the, guy, the guys who catch me if I felt like I needed to fall into somebody's arms and they would be there. So uh, I have this sort of very, I'm a diff, I, so my personality needs a very thin layer of friendship and it needs this sort of look of a safety net and so forth. So I'll be very happy when I see the group and I don't necessarily need to be patient zero of the fifth wave as I go around hugging everybody. I, I think it's going to be really nice for me just to see everybody again. And I know everyone will have different expectations. I know friendship is, is just layers of expectations that you know you, you're, you're trying to satisfy to prove that you are you know, really happy with this friend or this person is really satisfying your needs. But for me, I, I get, I think the, just the, just the harmony you can see, it, it's so wonderful to, to just sort of be happy with that and a party. Sure. Throw a band in and, um, and, and have dancing and stuff like that. That's all bonus, but it's just the harmony of it all. There's, there isn't anybody arguing politics. There isn't anybody arguing about stuff. It's just people being cordial and friendly and they're there because they share something and that's as wacky and weird as odd fellows is i think there's a uh oh two things on my mind i think there's an uh there's varying degrees of friendship for people and i think that that's okay um and for lack of a better way of framing it 
we can each say that in our lives, you know, you have those that are right close to your heart. Like you would, you'd stop a train with one arm for these people. You know, you would hand over everything to them because they are right in there. Um, you know, I remember in my graduate program for coaching, they talk about, and honestly, it's a bit, it's a bit blunt. Um, they talk about friend, you know, a friends, B friends, C friends, D friends, and that it's actually okay based on mutual needs. And I, and I think that going into odd fellows with the expectation that you're going to meet your best friends, that's a hard one. That's a really hard one. You might, and you might not, they might be your C's and your D's. Is that okay? Is that fellowship? So I think if you have expectations, what might be the opportunity to be clear about those expectations somehow? And how do we as lodges create safe space to set expectations and to receive expectations so that people aren't disappointed? I think at the center of the ABCD is trust and sense of belonging and the different tenets of trust. I won't bore you with trust theory. I'm sure, Fran, you could definitely fill in some blanks with me and we could really get going on trust. But I think at the foundation of it, of a friendship at whatever degree is trust and safe space and, and sense of belonging. The expectation piece is something I think, think is worth noting. How do you make stealth expectations, stealth intentions versus unspoken ones and hiding, and then eventually possibly walking away? Hmm. I know it's a big topic. I've never heard that about ABCD friends, but it, that's a good classification system. Uh, I, uh, I'm now going to go and grade all the people I know. Yep. Yep. Totally. <laughs> it's also a tipping point of how many we, people we can have in our lives, right? The 152 or whatever the number is that a society then becomes too large to gossip about the, the key piece of gossip and how do we keep track of everybody? How do we communicate enough? It kind of tips over, you become more of a corporation past that number. So so how many can you hold in your life and you join a lodge and, and it is already that 150 number, um, how many of those people are you going to adopt into your life and, and bring um, uh, your resources of time and energy to? I loved what you said, Bill, about the harmony. I totally got that. I was right there in the lodge with you and I was kind of walking into the bar and I could I, it was like, you know, by the vibe when you're like, yay, I'm glad I came. And you just, you just get welled up with this vibe of everybody in here is cool and nice. And I could have a beer with, um, momentarily just, you know, or like sit on the couch all night with, um, I know usually there's a meeting to go to. <laughs> Do I keep bringing up parties a lot? I'm clearly starved, but anyways, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I think the lodge uh, owes you that and you will get that, that like cheers, everybody knows your name sort of like vibe. You can have that after a couple of years. It's really welcoming. Harmony is the perfect word because you're just one note. You're just blending into this larger piece of music. And it's, yeah, like... <sighs> The lodge offers you that, that fellowship or whatever that piece is, what you do with the individuals while you're there to maintain, develop, create friendship is totally individual. And I was going to ask you guys, like, like, you know, like people have moves, like dating moves. Like, do you guys have friendship moves? Do you have moves 
Like when you see someone and you're like, oh, I love that person's vibe. Like I, I just, um, I, I like, I, I want to make friends with them. Do you have any invites or ways in which to develop friendship and to deepen it or share more time or whatever? I will not go first. <laughs> now everybody's going to know. Ready. I'll go first. I'll go first. Ready. Yeah, sure. uh, my general icebreaker is usually some humor, like kind of chuck in with a bit of a, perhaps a funny comment or whatever. This is vibe check. <laughs> and if it's not the stonewall, change my tack or not. Uh, which in some ways is funny because I have a, a number of things I would say that I'm serious about, but like, that's the easy way to, for me to broach somebody for sure is that, um, that's my, probably my dating though too. <laughs> yeah. So you're vibing with this person. They liked your, your, your five best jokes that you've told. And then you're like this, Oh, they just mentioned something or other. I like, that's so cool. And then you leave that night and then you're thinking about them. You're suddenly, you've got your, your, your crush, your crush is developing. Um, at that point, like you've made friends with them on Facebook, you've creeped them a little bit. You see that the stars could align. This could be your friend. Do you, what, what would you do then? What, what's the, what's the next stage? So true story of the last like good new friend that I made was at a uh, non-Oddfellas related charity event. I was helping in November. I help out November most years. And uh, there was a mixture of people, including some of us on the committee. And this one person on the committee was, you know, you could tell he, he was new or whatever. And uh, so we were chatting at the event and he was saying how he was new to town. And he commented, A, Victoria's clicky. B, people are terrible following up on plans. I was like, yeah. That, and we commiserated a little bit over the lack of, you know, oh, I'll call you sometime and then no one does that. And that's something I, perhaps at my own expense, I'm too good at is like always showing up if you invite me. So but this fellow selfishly uh, is also very tall. So I was like, do you play volleyball? He's like, I do play volleyball. Excellent. I need somebody on my team. You're gonna have a new friend. And then we've been like solid friend, and you know, connected over a bunch of other things. Uh, but, but basically, him saying no one shows up to things and me I was like well if we have stuff in common I will show up and and that's something we've um that's a value he put for you know a common value and we built on that so I would say ultimately it ends up being some common values and shared interests that foster new friendship and being him him being vulnerable to say that he felt sort of alone because no one followed through and then me offering that. So it was a confluence of a couple of different circumstances, but that has worked out beautifully for the past year and a half. I love that. So that was kind of a mixture of a bunch of things, the, the risk he took, and then you saw it as an opportunity to like bring him into, into your world in one way or another. He, again, selfishly, he's like six, six. <laughs> I was like, I hope you play volleyball because we need someone for a team, but also he's a delightful human. Well, you were discussing, you were discussing skills and resources. I mean, there was something that you, you, the friendship has to give both ways, right? So you were right off the bat, I will take your height and I will give you some of my time. There was the, the quid pro quo there. And my friends. So it all worked out. Yeah. I have to 
haven't really think about it. I mean, I, I think of, of friends that I've made over the years and I, it, there's, there's been definitely values alignments cause related for sure. Uh, I won't go down that rabbit hole, but you know, that's indicative of values and what matters. And I, I have a bit of a, there's this sometimes I think there's, I'm a big believer in energy and, um, I think sometimes there's just a, a, an energy between in, in dynamics with people. Why is it that some people you just, all you've got to do is kind of look at one another and you start roaring. Why is that? And yet, and I don't care what you do. And I, I just want to know you because I like who I am when I'm with you. So that to me is that, do I like who I am when I'm with you? And, you know, do, do, do we, we don't have to believe in all the same things, but I think there is a fundamental for example, one of my top values is integrity and ethics. And so, you know, I, 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 if you're going to say you're going to show up, please show up. And if you don't, just just let me know in advance, you know, just consideration. So those are the things that build friendship over time. But um, and shared experience. I mean, I think of a couple of people when I joined Bastion that I came in with. And it was just kind of instant. We've been laughing since, even though our lives have maybe taken very different turns and we're, in, we're experiencing very different lives. All you've got to do is put a few of us in the room together and we just start roaring and there's this instant trust and sense of understanding. Um, but that's the biggest thing. Do I like who I am when I'm with this person? Then right on. Do you have a move? Like, like you like them and then do you, do you yeah, say- What's your move? I was going to ask, what's your move? Come on. Like, like what's the shoulder? What's the maintenance move so that you can spend more time with them? I think in Bastion, we're lucky we just show up to the next meeting and they're there. Hopefully. There they are. You know, yes. it's, it's you know, sometimes it's been, um, you know, maybe someone has an idea, you know, like, uh, you know, Fran, you had the beautiful idea of the flowers for the elder care homes during the pandemic. I was way over capacity, but come hell or high water, I was just going to try something. And I, I wanted to do something because I've always respected you. So I don't, and I think you're a pretty good time, but um, in fact, all of you are, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there's just a, you know, we, we, the move it, I think the move is that we'll, we'll stop and pause and support what they're trying to do. If you know, um, Tara could have a, a, a brilliant idea and be looking for volunteers and I'm going to want to support her. So that's been, it's, yeah, I think you're that's one of the moves. Yeah. You're paying respect to their passion or their, their value. And it's giving you I, I, friendships to a street and all that, but it's giving you that you're validating them and that's making you feel good. Yeah, that's a good point. The lodge really gives you this other level that's really beautiful that that it's it, we all want to give back in these different ways and just showing up for the other person as a huge sign of friendship to, you know, when you have that roster of volunteers that you need to fill and you have lots of people come forward without having to beat the bushes like it's it's pretty that is a beautiful sign i always feel really my heart is so warm after those halloween events uh yeah it's really really neat yeah and then the mimosas the next day after everybody you know like the beautiful like post um post event or like that that bonding experience is like the shared memory as well that you have ongoing um, if i can make this uh segue into a soft recruitment pitch 
the neat thing too about some of these events and the organizing and all that is if for anyone showing up you know you're kind of a, a this beautiful clean slate where if you always wanted to maybe do events or something but within your friend group or with you know whatever you just haven't had the avenue well now you have this fellowship possibly friendship group of folks that are like oh you want to do this cool we're just going to assume you can and we'll support you doing it if you need some help because there's probably someone who's done it before so that is also i think a really neat thing about forging friendships and in the spirit of fellowship that you have support to try things and there's backers again i guess the angel investors if you want to get back to that uh, that's really cool too I have a move because I'm kind of introverted. So I, I need to, I need to have a one-on-one, like at some point, like I need to have that sort of, so I often say like, let's go for a walk or a beer or something like that. So I, I take you away from the herd and I, (laughs) I, I, yeah, I like to, uh, I've had some lovely lunches with some of the sisters and a beer here and there or walk. Um, yeah, I like to, I like to hear kind of some of the stuff that's really taking place for the person. I'm a total sucker for, for people drinking too much wine and crying. That is a good move as well. (laughs) You ever want to be best friends with a woman, get drunk to the point of crying and you're bonded for life. You can't, you, you can never wash away the, the tears and the, the things shared um, when you've had too much to drink and the, the person that you're with starts to cry. Suddenly the risk and the vulnerability and everything's all there. This is not for lodges to adopt in any way, shape, or form <laughs> as, a, as a bonding activity. But I think, um, yeah, I think uh, women sometimes have that like, yeah, we've we've kept our um, we've kept all the pretenses and the formality as part of things, and then all of a sudden, when the silliness or the the tears or something has happened um, to develop that intimacy, then I'm yours for life, sort of thing. And I love this um, podcast that I was listening to uh, called "Sentimental in the City," and it's these two women that have just done this most amazing. If you're Sex in the City fans out there, the most amazing uh, recap of Sex in the City, um, discussing it like it's the great American novel. Like it's pretty impressive what they've both done. They're both authors themselves, but they talk about like people that you have around the like they have this vision of people um in their future and can they imagine them like around the campfire like are those friends that will be around the campfire with you and so like we have this beautiful lodge that we can take part in all these things but we also have this need to kind of get close and have these intimacies and the a friend or the campfire friend or whatever it's such a joyful beautiful thing when you can find that or um create that and that does take risk like asking people out on a date or what you know how do you like asking yourself how you like to connect um to people and how comfortable you are with sharing or intimacy all those pieces are who you are as an individual the lodge is never going to sort that out for you it's never going to um really teach you those skills but there's a plenty of people there that are ready 
most of the time. Like some of us, we have to admit our capacity, like we have a new job and no, we're not open for friendship this year. We're, we're not going to be, you know, um, but then the next year we're coasting at our job and suddenly our doors are open for deeper, meaningful friendship again. So um, most of the people, especially I would say in the, I mean, maybe statistically we could pick up a poll people for those numbers uh, next membership poll we do. Um, but like, people are open for friendship business in the first two to three years of their life at the lodge. So taking a risk with those people, asking them out on friendship dates, um, finding commonalities, forming smaller groups or outside external kind of activities. Uh, it's totally possible, I think, within that first three, three years of joining, everybody there in their first year are kind of there for that for that reason. Yeah, I agree to that. It's, it's making, so my move is to make more experiences together. So the, the crowd at the, at the event was too much and I'm similar to Fran in the, the introvert phase. So um, I'll, so there was for my, it, my year of making friends, I had uh, brotherhood breakfast where we met on the last Friday of the month um, and it was open door and it was great because it was always a different six or seven people mm -hmm. that showed up and it was, you know, sitting side by side, face to face, uh, eating, which is traditionally a great way to make friends. But as a, um, as a generalization of gender bias, I will say that there are friends that guys have that their spouses don't understand how they're friends with them <laughs> at all. Why are you friends with, you know, with, with what, what spouse believes is friend D level, but you are thinking they're A level friends. <laughs> can hear Deb talking now. <laughs> no, she's not in the house. She's gone out. With her, she's gone out with her really good friend tonight. So, uh, so yeah. So I have I have a friend who doesn't listen to the podcast, um, <laughs> who's a lovable guy. Uh, but we've been friends since I was four, uh, and he was five, and uh, lived on opposite sides of the country. And we don't need to talk to each other. Like it is such a great time to just sit on the couch together and watch something and do something. And I don't need more friends like that. My, my level of my number of a friends is full with Bob because Bob, <laughs> I love Bob, but I don't need more Bob. So I've, I've collected my friends are now, they're much more, they're much different. They're more fulfilling. They're in, in other ways. And so I think that feeds off of what I, I think a lot of you have said is that there's there's level of friends that you're going to make. You're not going to be BFFs with 40 people in a lodge. If you were, you would be, I don't know, some kind of unicorn, um, an angel of, of heaven sent, but it would be exhausting for a human. So I think you you have those expectations and you understand how you make friends. friends friend brings up a good point. Like, what is our move? It's possibly even a question for your membership interview. Like, how do you normally make friends? You know, like what, what insight does a person have to, about themselves when they walk in the door and not to tell members or new members, hey, hey, welcome to the friendship club. 
but you know, lower your expectations. You, um, you, you really should be prepared for some weird friendship um, that is not like any other friendship just out of the gate and now use it, you know, find those connections that you might want to go have breakfast with or uh, drink on a patio at 1101 in the morning. <laughs> I know actually, and I, well, I, I, I was going to say the, I know we've made, we've made a lot of booze references and, and I also, you know, I, I also enjoy a nice cocktail myself. And I've probably had all three of you witness that behavior, maybe some dance moves as well. Um, and also, you know, want to make sure that we honor the idea of, of those who don't drink that, you know, we have had teas and things like that in Bastion, for example, we've, we're, um, we really want to welcome people who would prefer not to drink and just wanted to. to yeah, totally. Totally. There's so many things you can do. Well, there's so many things I have witnessed that the lodges provide that has nothing to do with drinking. Yeah. But is just as opportunities to create vulnerability, right? Like you are, you could be at this, at the, the, I don't want to say soup kitchen, but you know, you're at, you're, you're serving at our place, which is a, a, a support for homeless, for homeless and people in, um, in the city, uh, mm -hmm. for, uh, of all levels, uh, you know, the working poor through, uh, anybody who needs support and they have a lot of services, but you could be there doing a breakfast one day, just working side by side with somebody. And you can have a really vulnerable connection with someone even there. And there's nothing to do with drinking and there's nothing to do with necessarily crying or wine, but uh, yeah, absolutely. You have to I look think for them. Those experiences have been um, also so memorable. It's when we've gone and done those things. And then often some of us will go and have a breakfast and we'll sit there more, like even more connected. And we're also connected by how moved we are. By you know having having just given some given these people some grace, giving them some dignity in the day, clearing their plates, they say thank you. It's it's moving and humbling and one heck of a reality check. It's things like that that you know. So however however you come together to celebrate the occasion and and connect whatever is eaten or consumed that brings you joy and brings you together, I think they're indicative of different connection opportunities very degrees of, of vulnerability and um, different degrees of friendship, depending on what you're looking for are possible. Well, guess who just texted me? Bob. Bob. No way. <laughs> way. I, I I, uh, for the listeners who might not know, Billy and I are cousins, we're first cousins. And Bob, um, when um, we moved back to Canada from the UK, um, Bob gave my husband, John, his first job in Canada. So Bob is heart of gold. Um, he had moved to BC and stayed at Bill's house under Bill's hospitality and he paid it forward. And now John and Bob are BFFs as well too. But um, yeah, Bob, <laughs> Uncle Bob. And do they sit on the couch and say Edit. nothing? <laughs> Edit. <laughs> well, Bill, and Bob, Bill and Bob have a different dynamic. It's interesting. They are like old school, old school. Like 
they are like they they bicker a little bit and they they make jokes and then they know each other's secrets you can just see that they're like um just more maybe like brotherly in some ways but then John and Bob have this totally different dynamic it just shows you like John is very when John gets going and John's your friend he's very gossipy he's very like I will phone you every day and we will have laughs and we will tell each other like very um John's very has a female energy when his true friendship kind of comes out he's uh yeah, so Bob gets that. Bob and John are on the phone a lot together, like gal pals. <laughs> I call John to find out what Bob's up to. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> yeah, it's fun how friends, like, and, you know, and then John, uh, John and Bill, Bill comes to the lodge through John. So, like, how blended our lives become through friendship, you know? And I, we have Bill and I have the big F, the big family thing too. So um, yeah, like it's all there for us. It's all there for us. The other thing about having a move is recognizing when someone has a move on you. And I just wanted to kind of like finish that, like with what Tara said about like showing up when somebody's taken the risk to, to do their move on you. Um, it's, it's not like dating, like you, you probably should recognize that in some way and like, um, honor it either verbally, like to see that their intention is to like, uh, develop something with you or yeah, just honor them, show up and, and let it ride. See, see how the friendship develops. But I've seen that a couple of times, maybe with like people's capacity being a little bit different. Uh, or new members and older members and kind of where that divide can you bring the friendship in between we're going to have to get better and better at that piece seeing new members offer themselves and then maybe maybe we haven't seen it as best we could um their beautiful new moves on you be flattered and and enjoy and and really um, incorporate new people because maybe that 150 number does happen to us at year four or five and we're like enough I've got enough brothers and sisters now <laughs> that always complicates friendship too when we're all calling each other brother and sister doesn't it make it sort of like beautiful but at the same time like yeah, some, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild, all of our language and all of our uh, symbols, when really, we're just a bunch of people trying to make friends. I think it's, there's enough by nature of ABCD. And, uh, you know, it's not to classify or that one's better than the other. It's just what we have space for and where we feel connection and different levels of connection. And say 150 people, there's a lot of love to go around. So even if, you know, we're at capacity and, you know, have limited capacity, I really appreciate that point, Fran, on just be responsive and just at least acknowledge the person basically made a bid and got super vulnerable. And it's okay to say, I'd love to see you. I don't, my space is so tight, but I'd really love to see you. And I really appreciate your offering. Could we connect next month? you know, and just setting expectations. But um, I think there's plenty of love to go around with 150 people. It's like a, it's like Charlotte's web. People, people will find their way in their connections with their moves. With their moves, their bids. Yeah. Maybe bids is better than moves. Move, moves maybe, maybe too, uh, 
to dating? A little too forthcoming. I'll say quickly and feel free to cut it or not that circling back uh, to high school as a difficult time reference, I could say if you want to flip it to the neat part where you all occupy the same space, you're all kind of unsure together-ish at some point, even though some people might be a year in or not, and you might not all have all the same things in common. But at a certain point, after a couple of years in, you're like, well, <laughs> we all did this together. And then you might not be the same. Uh, you might not be my A, but you're certainly my C. And we had that good time that one time. And I'll certainly share a beer with you or whatever. So if anyone's had a successful uh, 10 year high school reunion, they're like, yeah, I didn't really like you in high school or, you know, I'm ambivalent, but you're actually pretty cool. It's, I think it's keeping that mindset. You can't, you can't choose who's an odd fellows. They're just there. And then it's what you want to do with that opportunity and similar to high school. Yeah. Very nice. Well, this has been wonderful. I thought we would cover certain things and we've, we've gone in uh, some Charlotte Webby kind of uh, uh, threads off on the each direction. Thank you very much. Thank you. One other thought. Yes, you guys. One more thought. I would just, I think whenever we see some in the spirit of friendship, whatever degree it is and bids, if we're in a virtual meeting, and we see someone show up that hasn't shown up in a long time and they're mm. quiet. Or if we're at the lodge and we see somebody kind of hanging out on their own and not talking to anybody over a period of time, it's an opportunity for a bid. Mm -hmm. We have no idea how much courage it takes for some people to show up. And I think it's upon each of us to just take a peek or maybe walk over and just show them that we appreciate that they're there and that they exist. I think there's an opportunity there so people feel seen, heard, understood more. So do we wanna add anything else at the end? Do we, anybody got another, anything to sell? Maybe got a book coming out? <laughs> do a space for new clients, either yeah, one of you. There you go, there you go. <laughs> well, I, I'm- There's a hundred people clients. who might listen to this podcast at some point over the next six months. Here's your chance. Yeah. Well, I've been saying I, I, because I refer <laughs> in my practice, I refer to counselors and this time has brought about a lot of, um, people are calling on, on counselors. Mm -hmm. And so I've had, I've had to go through two rounds of three different referral sources. So that's six people in a short period of time who are at capacity. So I've been knocking on Fran's door saying, when can I refer you? Yeah, no. yeah, you can now. Yeah, would love to. Be delighted to. We're gonna we're gonna coin uh, not friendship move your friendship bid. That's a Gottman piece actually. <laughs> it's from Gottman Research, and there are oh. a couple of researchers, and they talk about how to bid for attention and and how to deepen your your friendship, your relationship, your intimacy through recognizing mm. other people's bids. Oh, it's okay. like if you I know you're still recording so I'll make it safe but let, it's like if you and Deb got a little grumpy in the car and never happens um, <laughs> and you know one of you is driving and has the hand on the shifter or whatever and then the other person makes a bid by putting their hand on that hand mm. if the person pulls away You've just rejected the bid and you've just created more separation. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. if you let the bid happen, you've just created more connection and you've just started hope for repair. Most people are, are bidding as soon as you enter a room, you're looking into the room and you're looking for eye contact. That's your new media. So even coming into the lodge, people, you know, um, uh, is it Toni Morrison or Maya Angelou? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look this up. Um, said, you know, make sure your eyes light up when you look at people because they are looking to have to see something in you that, you know, reflects how they're feeling. So um, I think she was talking about her child at the time, like make sure your, your eyes light up when your child walks into the room because they, that's the first thing they are looking for you to, they're bidding, looking around. And all of us are like that. All of us are looking for, for um, you know, just saying, just saying, oh, I had a hard day at work. That's a bid. Mm -hmm. you're, you're waiting for somebody to kind of like come and meet you and and be in relationship um we're in a very very um the world is becoming less and less relational mm -hmm. and so if we attune and we get into what's happening with others are they are they bidding what's what do they need right now can we try to do that i mean this is like <laughs> This is a lot for a large meeting, um, but you know, certain pieces of it, we can be mindful and we can start to kind of bring that in, like why we might be missing. Um, some people are not good at picking them up, right? So like they might not realize that people were trying to make friends with them all day at the lodge. And there was lots of bids and there was lots of like shoulder punches and um check-ins and things like that but that wasn't enough maybe like an invite they're waiting for something more formal in order to progress the friendship it is a practice and i would say it is cultural too this speaking to the diversity and inclusion like mm -hmm. some depending where you're from bids are read are administered differently and received differently also so i don't know if anyone here spent time uh, in Eastern versus Western Europe, for example, and the former they're assessing, and it might be a little more rigid at the get-go, and then you get in there and then it's all hugs, but initially it's, you know, if you roll in too friendly, that's a often perceived as a sign of weakness. So there's a funny negotiation there. And then inversely, Western Europe, all bigs, hugs, hugs, levies, it's overwhelming if you're from elsewhere and then, you know, like, so I think, again, as our lodge evolves and people come in from potentially elsewhere, bids can be seen differently also. Well, that'll do it for us. We want to thank Eva Van Kugel and Francis Kinlock for joining us today. It was a really cool and lengthy uh, discussion. Unfortunately, it took a little bit of an ab abrupt end there, um, but we did capture everything that was, uh, discussed. So we uh, want to thank you for listening, making it to the end, and we hope you use some of these uh, tools and some of the uh, cues that we talked about for most of the show. So Tara and I will be back again soon making Oddfellows discoveries and seeing the Oddfellowship all around us. Cheers in FLT.
I need to meet Bob at this point. Oh yeah. <laughs> Please bring him to a party. Um, Bob. Uh, Bob. Forward to meeting Bob, and when we do, we will sit on the couch and say nothing. Say nothing. 